Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. Thank you for listening. And on this podcast, we talk about movie and video game news as well as what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig, and winter is here, and it sucks. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's real cold. Super cold. For <laughs> Halloween is coming past, and now it's cold again. Now is when we uh, bundle up and don't go outside and just play video games all the time. Exactly. But yep. you know what's not cold? Uh, this fresh hot news that Ooh. just came right out of the oven. Okay. I like I it. baked it for an entire week. So <laughs> all the um, news it could be burnt then if it was the in there all week. All the news that we've accumulated has now baked into this one sponge cake. There's so did you put it? Did it. you put it in the crock pot all week? Uh, no. So it doesn't nope. burn? I just okay. put it in the oven. Put okay. It, put it in the oven. All and right. then I finished it off in the air fryer. <laughs> all right. Could be interesting. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get started with news. Uh, we might as well just start with kind of the biggest portion of it. Uh, the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Yeah, uh, they're calling it a beta right now, but it kind of surprise dropped. And there are a lot of opinions on it. Um, once it surprise dropped on Monday, uh, which this is being recorded on Tuesday, the 16th of November, uh, the, everybody was like, time to get off work, call off work, and go <laughs> play Halo and that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I haven't played it at all yet. Uh, I talked to a couple friends before playing it, and a lot of people said that they were having issues with one getting on in general, uh, a lot of load times, and also apparently a lot of issues with the matchmaking, where my one buddy was in a lot of matches where it was like, for the entire game, it'd be like 1v4 or something like that. So, you know, I think it's best that maybe I wait maybe another couple days before I go ahead and try this. But, you know, it's... We rarely ever get surprise releases, and especially on something this big with the Halo Infinite multiplayer. It's a good thing, and I'm excited for it. Dropped the same day as the Halo Xbox. Yep. Yeah, um, I have some like early, early impressions when we get to games, because I did play a couple matches today, because I didn't download it until this afternoon. But I'll save it for then, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have like some shorter news because I have one big one at the end here. But uh okay. Also with the 20th anniversary, we'll we'll stick with that on the Xbox. Um we have 70, I think over 70 games that just got added to backwards compatibility. Um the highlights for me anyway was Max Payne 3. Actually all the Max Paynes are on there. Um there's a ton of games that just kind of randomly dropped. I know a lot of people noticed over the past couple of days some of their games updating. Um and that was kind of a hint that the uh this was coming, but it's cool to see them continue to support, you know, Xbox and Xbox 360 games on here. Yeah, they do a lot better job of, to be honest, what PlayStation has done, and we really aren't getting a lot from PlayStation. So yeah. it's good on them. And, you know, people are out there playing these old games, whether they're easy to get or not. You know, it's or somebody's been keeping it in their collection. It's nice to be able to just play something from your collection at any point that you wanted to. As long yeah. as like with Xbox, you know that you've got a pretty good, decent chance of. Having it work with your current console. Yeah. There's not too many 360 games that I own that don't work when I put them in the console. So that's, it's very nice that I can just not have to dig out my 360 anymore. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to go over some of the Disney plus day news. Sure. Uh, we got an announcement for Hocus Pocus two. Uh, that it's like one of the most popular Halloween movies or like celebrating of Halloween movies to come out fall 2022. We got Baymax with an exclamation point. I'm not sure if I got that through or not with uh, 
Baymax. <laughs> Baymax. Uh, Spider-Man freshman year, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight. And Moon Knight all got announced. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just Disney Plus Day was a seems like a success. You know, I spent my entire day on Sunday uh, just watching Disney Plus movies and finally catching up on some of the movies that I hadn't seen this so far this year. Uh, Disney Plus continues to churn out content and is becoming definitely a good rival to Netflix, especially with yeah. all the properties they own. There was a like a very short teaser for She-Hulk and also for Miss Marvel that were out mm-hmm. there. Um, they both look really cool. I'm super excited for the, it was called like 97 X-Men, I think is yeah, what they I, called it. So yeah, I, I was a little confused about it, but yeah, yeah. it's like, they're re they are doing the X-Men like 1997 show yep, and they're continuing it in the same universe, which is cool because that's my doing it. That's my childhood. I watched so much of that show growing up, so I'm super excited for that. Yeah, I never grew up with X-Men too much, uh, to be completely honest, but I do remember like there's, of course, a bunch of memes that have come from that like (laughs) one um, uh, Wolverine one, so. Yeah. I'll definitely watch it because I try to get into this stuff now more than I did when I was younger. So, uh, if they're, and they're definitely cashing in on the nostalgia with that one, I believe. Hopefully, it ends up being a big, big series for them. Yeah, all this stuff was really cool. The biggest bummer was seeing almost all of it being not anytime soon. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a Mostly bummer. Mostly fall but... of next year, even yeah. with uh, the Boba Fett. Yeah, but we do have next year. we have Hawkeye next Friday. So yeah, at we least do. we have that look to look forward to. But a lot, a lot of good stuff coming out next year. Um, it's been a minute since we talked about Activision, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess it has been a minute, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a week or two since more bad news came out, I guess. So here comes some more. Uh, the CEO, former CEO, right? Bobby. Uh, Bobby Kotick. How do you say his last name? Kotick? Kotick? I'm not sure the exact way to say I, it. I was about to say, I, I read that story too, and I was yep. like, Kotick, that's what I put it as. Yeah, um, that he may have actually known about all the abuse going on and tried to hide it. So I know there was more people who were walking out today at Activision after that came out that he knew. Um, just more and more bad news. Just when you thought it was starting to calm down, it's not anytime soon. Um, I don't think it's enough. Like, I don't think we see Activision go away as a whole, but they're in some deep, deep trouble now. Yeah, at this point, I kind of start to wonder whether or not and Activision, of course, is such a huge gaming company, so it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. But I wonder if this thing, you know, especially if the CEO of Activision is involved and like if this ends up like first it all started with like Blizzard and everything that went on with them. But now that people know that the CEO of Activision is involved whether or not this starts to affect other gaming franchises and whether or not like Activision has to separate and then those, all those game studios end up having to do something separately instead of together um, under that Activision banner. It, it will be an interesting development depending on what happens. So I am, I've, I'm just waiting for like more horrible news to come out. I know that sucks to say, but uh, every time it seems like we go a couple weeks without any news or like any major developments, we get a bombshell like this. And it's like, OK, well, at this point, who didn't know? Because if your yeah. CEO of Activision knows your your other people had to know. So it, they, it, they're due for a major shakeup at this point. Yeah. If anybody's left in the 
in that management, upper management area from the previous regime here, I think they all need to go at this point. But I feel like a lot of them are already gone. Yeah, I, I really don't know how many. Like, I've Activision probably has so many different CFOs, you know, yeah. C COOs, that kind of thing. So, and they may even they may even have like a lot of supervising, like you know, kind of chiefs of development over each of these uh, game companies that they own. So, to be honest, I've yeah, I've got no clue as how of how far this goes down. But, you know, it's it, it, I feel bad for all the victims that have happened with this and especially like victims and just the workers who have had to deal with this, have had it bottled up for a while for the sake of their and safety of their own job. It just sucks now that this is like at this point, it's not just affecting work. You go home with this baggage as well, I imagine. A lot of them yep. probably do. Yep. So hopefully, you know, they're mentally healthy. Uh, hopefully they're seeing help if they need it. And hopefully there, you know, this is the start of a lot of change for yeah. Activision and Blizzard. I agree. Uh, on a, the lighter side of news, uh, this was one of the weirdest trailers I've seen today. Had, did you watch the Dragon Ball The Breakers trailer? I did not. So I watched this trailer and it literally looks like a Dead by Daylight clone. Okay. Uh, you play as four survivors, some with like different quirks and that kind of thing. But like the villain cell is hunting you down. It is the strangest Dragon Ball game I've ever seen. Uh, the the trailer is odd. The like it is it, it, it's a trailer to, to see if you like Dead by Daylight. Like this definitely isn't I don't think what, what you're looking for in a game, but I feel like the Dragon Ball like franchise is trying in so many ways to redevelop themselves and try something new that I think they're trying to see if this sticks to the wall or not. Uh, it's it is such an odd, odd trailer. I was so surprised to see something like this. Yeah, I'm like, skip now, aren't you? I'm skipping through it now. And this is just weird. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand what they why they decided this was a good idea. Yeah, like and, Cell has projectiles. Yeah, uh, he you know, you can shoot projectiles at cell in order to free your other teammates. There's so much going on. And like, I, I get it. Dead by Daylight has, I think, been a very successful game, yeah. considering that I don't believe um, like I don't know how many people are still playing this game, but a lot of times I see people still streaming it. They're still coming out with new villains to play as uh, for it. And that's what keeps like this game relevant is because you have all these big name villains from movie franchises, folklores, and from video games coming into your game all the time. Like people still play dead by daylight. And yeah. I feel like dragging ball is like trying to take a piece of that. And just like, what, what if, and listen to me, Craig, what if we made <laughs> dead if? by daylight anime? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely not aimed at me at all because I don't, I tried Dead by Daylight. I didn't like it. And then this art style is probably not up my alley. And also, I mean, I know Dragon Ball. It's one of the few animes I watched as a kid, but I just don't. I, what is like, how big is the group of people that actually are interested in this game? Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, it's it's just like, hey, did you like Dead by Daylight? Well, if you like anime and or Dragon Ball, this is it. Yeah. You're, this niche here, this is the game for you. You've got to support it. This is your niche. <laughs> But game of the year. Yeah, it's it's so weird. 
They, <laughs> luckily, I don't have to judge it for this year's game of the year because we'll be going over a bit more of that stuff in a little bit here. Yep. But um, such an odd, odd trailer. I couldn't couldn't believe what I was watching for for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely weird. Um, the only other thing that I have, I was going to save to the end because I don't know if you had it as well, but the nominations for uh, the Game Awards dropped today. I did. So I figured we could kind of go through and do some predictions um, on what we think is going to win. So if you want to like run through your other news too, we can save that uh, till the end. So the only other thing I had, and we talked about it last week with uh, a lot of retailers are doing like a buy what buy two games get one free so yeah. i went ahead and started looking at some of this stuff because not only like is it a good deal we're also pretty much now the anniversary of the ps5 and the xbox series x being both one years old so we're now both a year into their life cycles and especially if you're a person that's just getting these consoles you know i i went through all the lists and i try to pick three games for both and yeah. i had a couple stipulations um mainly with xbox one, the Xbox games had to not be on Game Pass, which okay. um, that's hard. <laughs> did limit. Yeah, did limit what I could pick. So mm -hmm. what I just wanted to go through is this. The only place I could still find this deal going on is in GameStop, and it's for pre-owned only games. So take that for take that with what you will. So for PS5, and I had a reason for for every game that I picked here, and I guess we'll see if you agree. Okay, because um, I tried to pick. I tried to pick it so you had variety. Yeah. Uh, one, I went with Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I think that's one of like the best story playing games. And you can get the Ultimate Edition with the PS5 remaster of the original Spider-Man. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck there. And yep. Spider-Man is one of the most popular games, like still, for the PS4 and PS5. I, to no surprise, I, I went and put Tales of Arise here. Yeah. Um, it's not a PlayStation exclusive by any means, but what I liked about Tale of Arise, it's a JRPG and it's going to take a while to beat. Uh, if you go for some of the other games like Guardians of the Galaxy or like Returnal, like Returnals, you could it, I know it's like a roguelike in a way, but uh, this game is almost like a Persona game where you're going to have to spend a lot of time into it and get used to the characters or, you know, have connections with these characters. And Usually by that time you spent a hundred hours and there are more games out by the time that you finish Tales of Arise. Yep. And my third and final game, uh, I'm switching back and forth on these, even as we, even as I talk now, and and this one's going to be controversial. I have Call of Duty Vanguard. Okay. Now, I know, and I was watching the Angry Joe review on this. I know, like a lot of people hate this game, and the reason I went with the games I did was Miles Morales for like storytelling. Tales of Arise for JRPG. And then I tried to go with a multiplayer game uh, because like Sony really doesn't have a very popular multiplayer game. If we're being completely honest here, like if you look, if you look at what Sony's like recent history is, it's all been about single player story mode games for the most part. So I say either Call of Duty Vanguard, which is surprising that GameStop's doing a deal with that with like buy two, get one free and back for blood. I'd say okay. you could switch the two of them because, you know, if you're getting new games, you want to have games to play with your friends and Call of Duty consistently sells millions of copies and a lot of your friends get it no matter how bad it is, to be honest, or Back for Blood, which is a different type of multiplayer game, but is pretty, it's pretty good. 
is a I I find a pretty good zombie shooter. Yeah, absolutely. And for Xbox, I went ahead and because I had the stipulation of not doing Game Pass, because let's be honest, you should get Game Pass regardless. I was able to flex a bit more uh, with what I put on here. And I put Resident Evil Village for yep. Xbox and you can do it for PlayStation as well. But Resident Evil Village is awesome. Uh, even I played it and I'm a huge scaredy cat. <laughs> uh, I went and put Guardians of the Galaxy. And then I put um, Vanguard again or Back for Blood. Now, the thing is with Xbox is I put Forza, but Forza's on Game Pass. You could put Halo, but Halo will be on Game Pass. There yep. are so many games on Game Pass that it would you'd have a very hard time not finding something to play. True. Uh, on Game Pass. So even if you can't get any of those games because you don't have the budget for it, get three months worth of Game Pass and you'll have more than enough games to go through. Um, but those are the, th but those are kind of the three for each system. I suggest, uh, Xbox, like I didn't when I didn't put any of their exclusives down because all of their exclusives are on Xbox, uh, game pass. Yeah. So, just a thought, but, uh, that's, that's where, that's where I'd hedge in the direction if you were a new <laughs> console owner for Christmas. It's funny too. Cause I looked at it and I also was trying to come up with three for everybody. I just went like general though, that you could get on either. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. that's a safe bet. I think the, what I saw as far as best value was tales of Arise, obviously, yeah. um, far cry six. Yeah. And, um, uh, riders Republic was yeah, what I was riders looking Republic. at. Cause that's a good, I feel like that's your JRPG, your first person shooter. And then, uh, something that's kind of like Forza, but I obviously you don't want to include Forza cause it's on game pass. Um, but something that you could play with your friends. So those are the three I saw that I was like, man, that would be like getting all three of those. You are set for the next three months, probably yeah. to get through all of those. At um, least till February when all the other right. games come out. Right. So those were my recommendations, but yours are good as well. I think Tales of Arise is obviously a, a lock for us. I think everybody should be playing that. But Call yeah. of Duty and, and Back for Blood are also phenomenal picks. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, you have all the you have all the yes. nominees up for it. All right, I also have it up. So we okay. can kind of go through it. So together. I figure I mean I don't want to do all the categories because some of them are kind of eh. Um but I figure the ones that matter, right? So let's just start with the big one, game of the year. Um we got Deathloop, It Takes 2, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and Resident Evil Village. So what's your betting pick? Resident Evil Village. Uh, you think so? For, so like like the thing is about these games is Metroid Dread I I'd have a hard time like saying I'd have a hard time like really suggesting that Deathloop like it did get a lot of not it did get a lot of tens and a lot of high scores but I I I don't know about Deathloop to be completely honest uh I don't know why I don't think it like I I have a feeling of why it won't win but I really can't explain it Okay. There's It Takes Two, which is a really good story game, but I have a feeling that you'd have a lot of problems with people saying, but you have to play it two player. Yeah. Like, not everybody has, you know, two player. Uh, not everybody has somebody to play It Takes Two with. Ratchet and Click Rift Apart, I really liked. Um, mm -hmm. But I think Psychonauts 2 and Resident Evil Village are, like, on a different scale. And Resident Evil Village, like, that was for a good two months nobody would shut up 
yeah. about Resident Evil Village. And it was everything that we talked about and and played everything it did for the series. Like it, it, it really shot it up into that next um, stratosphere of a, of like popularity because everybody didn't know really how Biohazard was going to go. And while it was very popular, I think a lot of people were still like, oh, I don't know about Resident Evil. And then they came out with Village and everybody was like, crap, this is really good. <laughs> so, Yeah, I think like my personal pick out of all of them would probably be Resident Evil. Um, I just have a feeling that even though I didn't enjoy it, that Deathloop is just going to clean up this year. Um, so I feel like it might win. Um, I think the sneaky pick, though, is might be Psychonauts. I feel like that might catch people off guard. Yeah, that's my second favorite, like Psychonauts yeah. too, for sure. Yeah, but I'm going to hope for Resident Evil as well. But I just have this feeling that Deathloop is just going to clean up all these categories it's nominated for. Yeah, what I will say too is like, I can't imagine the scene. Like, we all know what Double Fine Productions have been through with Tim Schafer. If they won Game of the Year, like, I might actually shed a tear uh, <laughs> yeah. for him. Like, I know what, I know what. You can read everything that that studio's been through and all that it took to get Psychonauts 2 developed with the crowdfunding, Microsoft coming in and putting in more money. Like, I, while I don't think it'll win, and I do think you're right, Deathloop has more of a chance of winning. With everything that's gone through Psychonauts 2, I think that, um, like, that development team, if they won it, I believe, like, would, would deserve it and, you know, would be a, definitely an emotional moment, I think, for that entire studio. Yeah. Um, do you want to do best game direction or not? Sure. Um, okay. best game, best game direction. Uh, again, that's probably going to be death loop. We see it takes two again, <laughs> yep. returnal psychonauts two and ratchet and clank rift apart Um, this one. I have a bit of a different opinion on like, I think death loop would probably win this one. Uh, I, I haven't really gotten into death loop too much, but with how, with what I've heard about the game direction, I do hear that it does, it does do a good job of that. And I think if there was something that maybe would rival it, I'd have to say maybe this is where it takes two wins mm -hmm. because of what that has done as well for multiplayer games and how well that sold. So I think I think it's got a chance there. Yeah, I think uh, I honestly think probably Deathloop might win this one as well. I don't know that it's best game direction, in my opinion. I think I would almost lean towards Returnal on this one. Um, but again, I that's kind of up in the air. This could go anywhere, but it takes two would be a cool one for this to get as well. Uh, okay. Best ongoing. This will be interesting. We got apex call of duty Warzone, final fantasy 14 Fortnite, and Genshin impact, which I did not know that game was as popular as it is. Oh dude, it's, it's popular. <laughs> Let me tell yeah. you, dude, it's Genshin impacts a whole nother like area of, stuff there yeah uh for me it either has to be final fantasy 14 or apex legends yeah uh, we all know about the huge cheating scandal uh with warzone genshin impact yes is extremely popular um and so is fortnite but i think you know with covid year this was the year of mmos and final fantasy 14 shot up in popularity like we hadn't seen since world of warcraft so I think Final Fantasy 14 should win. Um, and I think Apex Legends would come in like second. I wouldn't be surprised if that won. Yeah, I also think Final Fantasy 14 as well. Um, I think Call of Duty and Apex both had a bunch of issues this year. 
um, mm-hmm. with cheating on both of them, but also just some of the rollouts weren't the greatest in Apex. So I think Final Fantasy is probably, I think it might win by default due to Fortnite fatigue, like always winning. Yeah. <laughs> so no so I think it might be Final Fantasy. Um, which one do you want to do next? I think we have the um, same you know, list. <laughs> y- you know, yeah, we're looking at the same list. And I think I'm just going to say this, and you probably know why. Best score in music. We mm-hmm. have Cyberpunk 2077, Deathloop, Near Replicant version 1.22474487139, nice. Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, and The Artful Escape. Now, the only mm-hmm. one I actually haven't played here is The Artful Escape, yes. but I feel like this one's a lot closer than people would think. Yep. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 had really good music. Like, it did. You have, you have that. Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy uh, soundtrack is also killer. I yep. love near replicants like soundtrack. Like these are all very good um, ones uh, that I that I would go for either one of them. Uh, this one, like as much as I want near replicant to win, because like I love uh, like that game's music. I have a feeling Deathloop will win. I'm going to hold out hope that Guardians of the Galaxy wins on this one, because I think it was. Yes, these are established songs that are already out there. They're not new, but I think they did it very, very well. Um, I think Artful Escape could sneak in there. Having played about half of it, um, the whole thing's about music. So I could see them yeah. leaning more towards that. But I'm going to cross my fingers for Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it deserves it. Yeah, I would agree. How about your list is in different order than mine, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. Best yeah, indie. I'm, I'm, <laughs> best indie. Let me see here. Best debut okay. indie? No, best indie. I'm going to skip best debut indie because they're okay. pretty much the same. I'm looking for indie right now, but go ahead. Okay, so best indie, they have 12 minutes, Death Store. Uh, is it Kenna or Kina? What's Kina. the correct print? Kina. Kina Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. I don't know what Loop Hero is. Kina would win for me. Okay. I don't think 12 minutes went over well. Inscription's uh, blowing up right now, but I think Kina's probably the best bet here, honestly. I think it kind of killed it, right? I don't think there was too many uh, knocks against that game at all. No, a lot of people liked it for how it reminded them of old Zelda games. And on top of that, too, the physical release is actually coming out this Friday, the 19th. Yeah. So um, if you're interested in the game and have been waiting for a physical release, now is your time to get it. It comes with some extra bonuses, too. But, um, you know, we aren't a vid- we aren't back to doing video podcasts yet, but I'm wearing my Kenna shirt. So <laughs> the, or Kina. there you go. Dang it. Even I do it. I go back, go back and forth <laughs> all the time. So right. uh, here's uh, we might do one or two more here. Sure. But most anticipated game. Oh, let me get down to there. Go uh, ahead. Elden Ring. OK. God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> Starfield. And then it has it as this. The sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> well, we can't give it to that one if it says if you don't even have a title. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I feel about it, too. And like, yeah. I'm I still don't know if that game's actually going to come out uh, yeah. this, this holiday season here. Yeah, Um, I think the obvious choice is God of War. I think it almost has to be. I think Elden Ring's, you know, that they had the tech demo and a bunch of people actually got to play it. Um, But I think God of War is still the pick, honestly. Probably God of War. I wouldn't be surprised if Starfield makes uh makes its way to win. Like I never play Starfield, but with the t- trailer they showed off with what 
what Starfield is and what it means to people. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that won. But I think yeah. one of those two would be the ones that get it. I mean, that Starfield's not coming out next year either. <laughs> There's is no way. Not? I guess you're I right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still a year remember. or two off. Yeah, I, I just remember. I don't know. I mean, if we're going strictly off what's coming out next year, I think it's got a war um, yeah. over Elden Ring and Horizon. But that one could go up in the air, too. Um, let me pick one more. I don't care about the esports teams. That's not as important. We all know Ford's is going to win best sports slash racing. Yeah, hands down. <laughs> yeah. Best family game? Best family game. That could be one once I find it. Read, read them off while I find it. It takes two. Okay. Mario Party Superstars. New Pokemon Snap. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. And WarioWare Get It Together. This is a stacked lineup here. Yeah. No, the, 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 I, I haven't seen a stacked lineup for family game like this in a while. Yeah. I'm going to say that and just before you even say anything, four of these games are Nintendo Switch exclusives, right? (laughs) I'm going to say that this is the category that it takes two wins. I think that's fair. Um, Mario Party's good. Pokemon Snap was good. And I love Super Mario 3D World. I didn't play WarioWare, but I think this is the one you have to give to it takes two. Yeah, I see like it takes two probably winning it, but I would love for new Pokemon Snap to uh, to get that. Like the the amount of like uh like hype that it got and how it delivered on a lot of like the Pokemon stuff, I feel like goes really underappreciated. So uh, I I really liked uh new uh new Pokemon Snap would probably be yeah. what I picked there. I'd be fine if that one for sure. And I won't. E- I'm I'm only just gonna list this one off because this okay. is definitely the anime section. Uh, <laughs> best role playing game: Cyberpunk 2077. Monster nope. Hunt Rise, uh, mo- sorry, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, Tales of Arise, Tales of Arise wins. Deal. Yeah, hundred percent. It's not even close. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. not even close. I, I I really did like Scarlet Nexus. I really did. But and Tales it's on Game Pass now. Yeah, um, they've they've updated that game a lot. It it even plays better than I remember now. Okay, um, it's kind of surprising. Still too much talking, right? Oh yeah, there's still definitely a lot of talking. They never shut up in that game. Of course, it's talking. <laughs> They never should. Hey, look. Hey, they never shut up in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy either. No, they don't. You're you're not wrong. <laughs> but uh, that's going to do it for news, and we're going to go ahead into games. Yeah. Which kind of the next podcast is the two bigger ones, of course, with Pokemon and Battlefield. Yep. But for me, I played Shimigami Tensei Five, and I realized that I don't think I ever talked about Age of Empires Four. And if I did, it's completely been removed from my mind. So I'm gonna talk about <laughs> I don't think you did either. So I think that's fair that we get a your take on it. Um, I have Halo, obviously the multiplayer, um, the GTA remaster and a more solid impression of Forza this week. As the greatest game ever made. Yes, correct. Uh, one quick, <laughs> yeah, one quick thing as well. The game awards are going to be airing December 9th. Uh, so that's going to be Thursday. I will try my best to get my, uh, to get my rig up and running for streaming. And I will stream that and try to react to all the live stuff that comes out. Cause there are a lot of games that are supposed to be announced during this, yep. uh, conference here. So just be on the lookout for that. I will make sure everybody knows, you know, two weeks in advance before I, uh, well maybe next week. Yeah. Yeah. I'll next week. If I'll be able to go stream <laughs> to stream or not. So. 
Fair. Uh, keep your eyes out for that. But I know a lot of people have been asking about me streaming, and maybe I'll do it for that. That's fair. We can make that happen. All right. So I'll go into Age of Empires 4 because that kind of is the oldest of the entire group here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Age of Empires 4 doesn't do anything too crazy. Uh, it's still the same old like Age of Empires game that I remember. It doesn't have the card thing uh, that you kind of gained when going up um, certain uh, ages in Age of Empires 3. But what I like about Age of Empires 4 is it is a solid RTS game. I have no issues really with how it plays. I think uh, the leveling and progression of ages is pretty clean. I, I do admit the bots are a lot harder this time around. So I do I do think there's a bit more of a like a difficulty curve when you're going from like easy to normal or especially normal to hard is a completely different um, kind of world. So overall, like Age of Empires four, and I know it's kind of short to talk about it, but it's an RTS and there isn't much to be said other than I think it's a really good RTS game. I love Age of Empires. I played so much of it as a kid, a one and two I didn't really play three too much. Um, but I do need to download it because I just keep forgetting in this like huge mass of games coming out and it's on Game Pass. So like you can literally just download it to your computer for free. Um, hopefully this week I can at least try it out because I love me some RTSs. Command and Conquer is like my favorite of all time. And then Age of Empires is like right underneath it. Yeah. Um, let's just do the GTA remaster. Uh, this is controversial, right? I think a lot of people have been uh, saying how bad it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen all that online. Um, I will say that when you compare it to other remasters, and we'll put that in quotation marks for these these games, uh, it's not on the same level as like Mafia, right? Mafia completely redid that game and made it much, much better. For people like myself who've played GTA 3 and Vice City and San Andreas a ton, um, playing these again and having them look slightly better and control a lot better, especially GTA three is a plus. Uh, but if you haven't played these games, um, I don't think I can recommend buying it just to play it for the first time because it doesn't look that much better. The lighting's better. Um, when it rains specifically in GTA three at night, you cannot see at all because of the way that they did the rain. You can't see more than like a foot in front of you. Um, which really makes it difficult when you're trying to drive or you're in the middle of a mission and it decides that it's just going to rain. Super annoying the way they did that. Um, they could have done a lot more work on this game to make it, you know, uh, not a next gen game, but at least look somewhat better. For me, like it's enough that like I enjoy playing these games anyway, and I'm used to playing them on like the PlayStation 2. So it looks a little bit better and it controls better. That's enough for me. But I don't think this is a fully f- like fleshed out remaster worth 60 bucks. Um, so I can't recommend it unless you're just like super, super nostalgic to play through them again. Um, I've played GTA 3 and Vice City. I haven't touched San Andreas yet. Um, and I've heard there's some issues with San Andreas as well. But it's... It's okay. I don't think it's as bad as everybody's making it out to be, but it's pretty evident that they kind of rushed this one out when they could have taken more time. I don't know when they started working on this game, but it could have used maybe another couple months or so. Yeah, I I know I was originally excited to play these games, but I heard Mm -hmm. all of like the backlash coming from the the bugs, 
the way yeah. it ran, how it was pulled off the store for an entire week for Steam. So all of these issues kind of really killed my like hype for it. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll pick it up. Maybe when it's a lot cheaper, probably, to be honest. But I'm so flooded in games that if the game doesn't really come out and catch your attention right away or is buggy or crashes a lot, you know, that's not something I really feel like dealing with right now, especially with all the games that are polished and work right out yeah. of launch. So maybe one day I go back uh, and get these GTA games in order to experience some of the older ones because I'd like to. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, I'm, you know, with everything that went on with it, I'm just kind of like, no, I can I can wait a while for and- for these yeah. GTA games. And I will say this, it is $60 for all three, but if you know on Game Pass for the Xbox, you can get San Andreas, this remaster, it's on there. And I believe GTA 3 is on PlayStation now. So the only okay. one you can't get for free is Vice City. So like if you just want to try it out and you have either one of those consoles, you can at least try one of them. You're just not going to get all three. So there is that okay. option out there as well. I'll go ahead and go into Shimagami Tensei Five. Oh boy. Now there's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of heat all over the internet for this one because the this series is in a particular weird place where Persona Five like sold crazy numbers and everybody like universally loved Persona Five, and when you hear that Shin Megami Ten or that Persona Five is an offshoot of Shin Megami Tensei Five, we were like, oh, like. Of course I want to play that game. Persona 5 was great, but that is not what like this game's tone and how the game plays is different to uh to Persona 5. So I'm going to steer clear of comparing Shimigami Tensei 5 to Persona 5 because they're two they're two separate franchises and maybe a little bit in the combat system. Like I'll kind of talk about where it differs, but if anything, Shin Megami Tensei five is very similar to Tokyo Mirage sessions, sharp FE. I almost (laughs) forgot that. I almost forgot that game. Uh, So Shin Megami Tensei five is dark. It's definitely a lot darker and it's kind of confusing. Uh, It opens up with a bunch of monologuing with talks about the gods fighting over, you know, um like lands how demons are fighting each other and the game doesn't take like what's nice is that the game doesn't uh take too long to kind of get you into the swing of things 10 minutes in no like five minutes in you're learning about combat and you're going in and um you know learning how the battle system works and the battle system is as i mentioned very similar to tokyo mirage sessions where you are grouped up with you, you are um, your character, and you kind of recruit three other demons, kind of like Pokemon, where you catch uh, Pokemon and use them in battle. Um, In this one, you talk to demons and recruit them onto your team. And as you're fighting, as well as you and the people you're fighting, you all have weaknesses. So let's say the enemy's weak to fire and you hit it with a fire attack, you get another turn. And vice versa goes with if the enemy hits you or any of your teammates for one of uh for one of your weaknesses now what's unique about this game is the fact that your character is the most flexible i've ever seen when it comes to uh like shimigami tensei where 
you're like this weird human something mix. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain. I think they call it a Nahabino is what okay. they call you. And you can take in essences of demons that you defeat in battle. So that changes your stats and also what you are weak and strong against. So if you see a, you know, if you see deficiencies in your team, you're the one that's supposed to be flexible, which I like. I do yeah. like seeing that you're um you're able to be flexible in how you approach battle and how you want to play. Uh overall, I think the game looks really good in handheld. I can't say the same about it docked on the Switch. It it's it's strange that um, Nintendo isn't putting more work into when the game is docked than when it's on handheld. But, you know, it's I, I think Nintendo does all these survey stuffs and they probably see that like a lot of people are playing Switch handheld rather than docked. So a lot of the docked players are kind of getting ignored at this point. And that's not really news to anybody, to be honest. But I really did wish I could see the docked performance be a little bit better. Uh, this is one of the first games this year where I haven't had my Switch like drop frames at all which means I think it's running very well. Um, I will have more about it like next week. I'm about two hours in now. Uh, the game is difficult. It's hard. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei games are known for on normal difficulty being kind of difficult, and I do find that, whether it's struggling to get to the, the next healing point instead of running back. Um, and I kind of like that sort of stress that that adds to me. I know not a lot of people will. But I do like the fact that I can see like a safe point in distance and I just got to get past a couple enemies. If I play it right, I'll get through the enemies and be able to save without having to go back. That kind of thing. Um, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is a great JRPG game. And I it, it doesn't match Tales of Arise with me for JRPG wise. But Shin Megami Tensei 5 does its own turn based combat very well. And I find this game fun. I definitely see myself continuing to play this game when I'm like watching like football games or something uh, like in the background, just kind of going through killing demons and monsters. The only thing I said was, is it on the same level as persona or is it underneath? I, no, I, you don't, you don't compare the two, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to know how close it was. I, so me personally, yeah. and if I had to pick between the two games, I'm going to prefer persona for, right. I feel like, it, and I'm only two hours into Shin Megami Tensei. So this may change. But I feel like the story for Persona like really hits off very quickly. And, you know, you've played enough of Persona to know that you kind of get into that first dungeon and you get into it right away. And yeah. you kind of, you know, you kind of get a feel for everything going on and you don't like the villain you're playing against. And that's all like if I had to judge the game, both game two hours in, I would say Persona is stronger than Shin Megami Tensei 5, where I'm two hours into Shin Megami Tensei 5. And I kind of still don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. That makes sense, I guess. So a lesser version, if you will. Yeah. But I, th I think I did a good job of not comparing it to Persona. So I, I you did. Yeah. I, I give myself credit. Um, I'm ready for my flowers. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Forza, uh, I can give a more solid impression now that I put a bunch of hours into it. I don't know what level I am. I'm in like between 15 and 20, I think. And I thought I was doing pretty good. And then I had a bunch of people pull beside me that were like 200 and something levels, like 280. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not even close. But anyway, um, 
I heard a bunch of people, there was people on other podcasts that are like, oh, this might be one of the best games of all time. Um, I think it's one of the best racing games of all time, hands down, if not the best. Um, best game of all time? I don't know about that, but this is definitely one of the best games of the year. And I think that's very easy to say that. There's enough there that you don't even have to be a fan of racing games to have fun with this. Like the variety of the story missions, I think are cool. I've done like the one where you're finding the Volkswagen Beetle. I've done driving around volcanoes. I've, I've done driving into uh, sandstorms, uh, just a whole bunch of different stuff. I just finished a race that was around the entire island, which took me like 15 minutes. And you're constantly getting rewarded with money and cars and, and clothes that it just keeps you going. Um, it sucks you in in a good way because you're not spending, you don't have to spend real money on this game if you don't want to. Um, there's no, I mean, you still can, obviously. I'm not going to say there's absolutely no need to, but it's not like a, you're not getting as a huge competitive advantage, I don't think, by not spending money, right? You're not starting out at a disadvantage. But this is for sure one of the best racing games ever made, one of the best games of the year, and I can't stop playing it. Yeah, now, if if best game of all time was a list, mm-hmm. would it be like in your top 10, top 20, top 30? You've played a lot more games than I have. Yeah, that's tough because it's hard in general for me to put a racing game in like best games of all time, just me personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's... Man, there's a lot of games that I really, really like. I don't think it would be top 10. It could be top 20 or 30. We have to see once I, you know, you don't really beat this game, but once I feel like I've completed most of it, then I could get a better sense of whether or not I drop off of it, you know, five hours from now, 10 hours from now. I don't think I'm going to, but there's always that chance. Um, yeah, and this this game story isn't finished yet either. Right. You know, we have a bunch of expansion passes coming, and... um. I just can't imagine like what they could do with Mexico, like yeah. and all the stuff that they could kind of add into it. You know, it would be a lot of fun to like literally and maybe it's just me. I would love like a whole like island that's just a beach almost yeah. and just sand racing or something like that. I don't know. It'd be it'd be weird to kind of put in. But um, all of like Horizon 4 uh, had a lot of good DLC to it and. I I love Horizon. Um, It's definitely in my top 20. And like the story for this game isn't done yet. It could be in the top 10 by the end of uh, by the end of it all for me. I just enjoy this game that much. I do wish the online worked better. That would be my only flack. And maybe that gets better as we go along here. I just wish I really wish it was easy to just like have you and a couple of my buddies all in the same convoy, all in our own private lobby and be able to like go to race to race and drive together and have fun and that kind of thing where the other day when I was doing uh, when I was playing with friends, you know, I would drive with them and they randomly disappear out of my lobby um, and that kind of thing. And that kind of breaks the whole like driving together with your friends immersion uh, yeah. that, that like Forza could really pull off and do here. So we, we have to see how the rest of it plays out, but um, I'm, I'm with a lot of people here that, the, this game, uh, Forza Horizon, it, it kind of got snubbed for Game of the Year. And yeah. I'm not sure if... There's probably a cutoff date, to be honest, somewhere. 
um, to see Guardians of the Galaxy uh, like was in the cutoff date, like I'm kind of surprised by. But maybe uh, if I'm going to go with Hori- I'm going to go with Horizon 5 didn't like get in it, get into game of the year discussion is because it missed some sort of cutoff because the way everybody's playing it, it deserved to be in game of the year discussions. Yeah, and that could be it. But it also could be a little bit of like how I was looking at it, which is not fair to be like, well, it's a racing game. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they don't get taken seriously for like game of the year contenders. Forza Horizon has since the very first one has always been like held up as like the best racing series, but I don't think it's ever been nominated for game of the year. Um, I just think people look at it differently because like, ah, it's just a racing game. It's not it doesn't have a story or whatever, but it does and it works very well. So I agree. It did get snubbed. But uh, did you that was it for games, right? That's all you had. Um, I had the Halo multiplayer Um, just real quick on the uh, Halo multiplayer. Uh, please, everybody, don't hate me, but I feel like maybe I've grown out of Halo. Um, Halo 2 and 3 I love so much, and I get a lot of the vibes from old Halo in this. But to me, playing it, compared to you know first-person shooter multiplayer games that we have now, it still feels dated to me um, in a weird hmm. way. I know they've added a lot of stuff. like Obviously, like it took them a while to put Sprint in, right? And... Uh, you have the grapple hook and all that kind of stuff, which makes it feel better. But at the end of the day, there's just stuff like aiming down sights on like the rifle still doesn't aim down the sights. It just zooms in the screen, um, which has always been that way with halo. It's just something that they could have changed, but maybe they're just trying to keep, you know, keep to the original with halo. Uh, But it plays well. I did have some issues getting into games today. Um, I don't think it's an issue of like, it's not a good game. I just think that, for me, it's a formula that needs change a little bit. And I know a lot of people are going to say it doesn't need touch. So, you know, it, I'll just say that it's probably not for me, honestly. All right. I look forward to getting more into it next week, mm-hmm. especially with uh, like, I can't wait to compare the two of like Battlefield. And I think that's why I'm waiting, like to compare Battlefield and Halo mm-hmm. together. And what, you know, both of the multiplayers like are supposed to be a major component of these games. In fact, but, battlefield is only multiplayer yeah so we'll have to see how it plays and i'm gonna and i'm gonna have both of my impressions on there on that with it too so that's gonna be it for games this week and let's go into movies and i told you told you off the podcast i became a movie man (laughs) yeah you did it i i watched movies this uh we like to hear get and i know we've said it before um so i'm gonna kind of go over the older ones pretty quickly sure Uh, but overall i watched sean chi red notice Harder They Fall, and Jungle Cruise. Oof. I crossed off Red Notice and the James Bond finale. So go ahead. Let's do this. So I'll go over Jungle Cruise first. Um, Emily Bunt and Dwayne The Rock Johnson have like good chemistry in this film. And like to be honest, my review of this is going to be very quick because I, um, <laughs> I don't really care for this movie, to be honest. Okay. Um, there's a moment where... Uh, to, uh, the Rock's character uh, like fights a jaguar, and I'm like, oh, he just Tarzan to jaguar. Uh, <laughs> yep. So yep. he, uh, we see what happens. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. I watched it, but I had to like stop halfway through because I was like, oh, I'm kind of bored. I'm gonna go do something else. And then I came back and finished it. Yeah. Um, so it's all right. Uh, on the other hand, Sean Chi is really good. Uh, this is one of my this is like my, one of my favorite Marvel movies in a long time. And I think it has to do with the action. Um, 
the action and the combat before um, Shang-Chi's character gets like the 10 rings is so like based in reality. It's a lot of martial arts. It's a lot of Kung Fu. It's a lot of like balancing and practical effects to where, you know, a lot of the times, especially in the late part of the first phase of Marvel movies, they all started becoming like superpowers and uh, CGI heavy. So I thought Shang-Chi was like, it's just this breath of fresh air. Uh, for this movie, and I liked all of the characters. Aquafina's character is actually surprised, and I was kind of surprised of how endearing she is in yeah. this movie, and how much I ended up liking her character. So, uh, Sean, she's great, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a beautifully shot movie mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we I'll then go into a little bit more uh, recent with Harder They Fall. Yes, with uh, Harder They Fall, it was such a it's such a mesmerizing movie. Uh, and I don't watch a lot of cowboys either c- cowboy movies either, but this kind of hip hop flair to it that, uh, I just thought so, I just thought it was like a new way of doing it. You know, the, the beginning of it starts off very strong. You know, you're kind of just wondering what's going on and what Idris, Ed, uh, Idris Elba's character is. And, you know, in a lot of these types of movies, you end up getting like these long 30 minute backgrounds for all these characters, but they tell the backgrounds of these characters just through like word of mouth and like legends almost. And you kind of get a deal for what each of these characters have gone through without having to do a 30 minute expose on yeah. why the character is the way it is. And the two main characters like Nat Love and Idris Elba get their time to kind of flourish and be on screen. And I just thought the movie was so much fun. And it's to be said, like my mom watched this movie and she liked it as well. And it's kind of hard to get her to not watch anything but Harry Potter. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's, 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 it's hard, but true. It's like Harry Potter and Christmas movies with her. And she had fun with this movie. It's just, um, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's amusing to watch. It's something that's like different from everything else I've watched because I tend to watch like anime Marvel movies uh, and that kind of thing. So like a Western cowboy I hadn't seen in a while. So it was really refreshing to watch. Plus, I think they build up the character so well that ending for me just hit perfectly like yeah. that surprise at the end. I was like, oh, OK. All right. That all makes sense now. But yeah, I love that movie so much. Yeah, I, it's even something I would probably end up watch again just because it mm-hmm. is so the the vibe of it is just so much fun and that's what i and that's what i like about it for sure yeah uh so because i went into three movies real quick you can either go and start red notice or talk about yeah. um or talk about james bond whichever. we'll do james bond since uh you talked about it before um i it really enjoyed this movie i think at points it dragged a little bit um, yeah definitely it's a little bit longer than it needed to be. I benefited from the fact that I watched it in my home. So I, you know, watched about half of it and then took a break. And then I think I watched the other half the following day or something like that. Um, so if I would have been in the theater like you saw it, I probably would have been like, OK, let's get to the point here. But they do a good job of, you know, kind of hitting you with like action scene after action scene. You know, they don't wait too long in between. Um, I think the ending worked pretty well. It was surprisingly emotional. I didn't expect them to go that angle with him, but it was a choice that they made. And I think they did a good job with it. Um, It's a, it was a good send off for Daniel Craig and 
I'm excited to see where they go next, whether they use, uh, I don't remember her name, but the new 007. I don't know if they use her or if they go somewhere completely different, but I wouldn't be opposed to them using her. She was she was pretty cool in that movie. I think all the all the female leads in this movie were very, very cool. My only issue with this movie is um, the main villain, I thought, was kind of unimportant. Uh, he wasn't in it very much. <laughs> so yeah, for, he, a, for he, a Bond movie, like you're used to these big villains and he's really not. Yeah. The, and now that you mentioned it, I do kind of see the point where, you know, the like, especially for Casino Royale or like, uh, what, what was the other? It's Sky. No, it's not Skyfall. Um, Spectre. Mm-hmm. It's one of those two where uh, so like it's. Casino Royale and it was either Spectre or Skyfall. I'm pretty sure it's um, Skyfall. Like both of those villains seem like super larger than life and are like so evil. And they show that like, I don't think Mally Ramek's character. I don't think it's his fault that it's played the way it is. Um, I think he does a good job of what he's been given, but he doesn't seem like this super um, like intimidating villain. It's this, He's so quiet Um, (laughs) and he's not and he's not like he's not like past Von Von villains where they're all about being extravagant and, you know, making James Bond hurt in ways that, you know, were torturing him that, you know, hadn't happened before or hadn't been shown. And like his villain, like does do things um, in a smart way. But he just isn't like it's not as intimidating, I guess, like the whole the whole like poison the planet like premise thing is like, eh, it's only all right for me. But, you know, it it almost seemed to me like he was just kind of like annoyed that James Bond was there. You know what I mean? Like there was no really back and forth, I thought, between them until the very end. I don't know. It just seemed like. It's obviously not his fault because he did do a good job with what he was given with the lines and the amount of time. But he just seemed kind of like thrown in there because they're like, oh, we need a, you know, that main villain for James Bond to be going after. But, yeah, that was really my only gripe. Other than that, I thought it was a very, very good movie. It was entertaining. Yeah. And man, like what I would have done to have like a 10 minute break in the middle of that (laughs) movie. They just go, hey, go up and go to the bathroom and come back. That would have done like wonders. (laughs) <laughs> to like for yeah. for just like sitting there and watching a movie forever. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. So, uh Red Notice. And then yeah, here's the final it. movie. Uh Red Notice, uh a lot of hype from Netflix, and I think it delivers. Yeah. In many ways here. It is a what kind of movie would you say this is? Um I mean, it's action. It's it reminds me of like a almost like an Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of he does doesn't he does like yeah he does indiana jones like theme music or like yeah he whistles it when that. he's yeah. yeah at one point yeah so there's there is that like red notice to me is like i didn't have a lot of high expectations despite the film's very strong star power mm-hmm. um the highlight for me is that ryan reynolds and the rocks character are both very fun and you're kind of rooting and cheering for them both gal gadot is a villain i enjoyed so much more yeah than she I killed thought it. i would she like it's kind of this like snide personality about her where a lot of villains we just see them be ruthless and 
Gal Gadot's character doesn't need to be ruthless. She's this sly, like sarcastic sort of person. And I like the fact that she makes fun of like the characters and doesn't seem like she has an actual hatred toward them. It's just this like this rivalry that plays off so well between like Gal Gadot's character. She's just playing with him the whole time. Like she knows she's smarter than them. So she's just messing with them the entire time. Yeah, and it's it's just so much fun. I didn't expect to to like it as to like her character as much as I did cuz we've only ever seen Gal Gadot at least in modern movies right now be playing the hero. Yeah. Uh and to see her like this, it's such like a refreshing take for her and I love the way she plays the the bishop uh role very well. It's it, it this is a fun movie to watch. I can see why it got a lot of uh um hype the way Netflix did. Yeah, I will say that I thought um, the twist at the end was pretty good. Um, I For most of the movie, I enjoyed it. I think Ryan Reynolds is fantastic, and he has just such a, a way of playing off who he's in a movie with, and he does that with The Rock very well. Um, the Rock, for 99% of this movie, is just playing the same character he always plays. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, he's kind of stuck because he's like the big muscly guy and that's what he's going to get cast for. But I think the twist at the end helps, you know, for him to be a little bit different than he normally is. Um, but yeah, I think those two together, I'll take more movies of them together. And obviously, I think we're getting set up for another one. So yeah. I'll take another one. Um, it seems like critics weren't a fan of this movie, but the audience score is a lot, lot higher. So I think it's just a fun movie. Um, it's something you could see in the theaters and just have a good two hours with. Yeah, um, like Red, I, I and they did do a theatrical release for Red Notice like a week yep. before it came out on Netflix. But yeah, I, I guess like I could see where like critics have an issue with the movie. Like I, I will admit, like it's it's not very coherent. In a lot of ways, like it's just kind of like, oh, here's what's going on. Here's this happening. Oh, this is happening now. And now we're here. Like, I do see that there's a lot of jumping around and it can be a little bit not coherent as to why uh, things are happening the way they are. But um, I watched it on a Sunday and it was just a fun movie to watch and get lost in. That's it's all movies need to do for me. Yeah, that's what Netflix is for, right? You put those movies on that you can just kind of chill and not really have to think about. So, yeah, I thought it was great. And that's going to go ahead and be the end of the podcast here, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And if you liked it, please make sure to share it with your friends, share it on your social media, uh, and review the podcast. It helps helps us get found and suggested to more people. So we appreciate all the help that we've been getting with you guys supporting the podcast. If you're interested in having like an email read with a question or want to get in contact with any of us, we have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter that we're both pretty active on. And we also have an email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in emailing us one of those questions. But with that said, we'll see you guys next time. See you later.